the courage, questioning norms and finding the real conversation, a space for intentional, motivational, and courageous conversations. This is Carrie Promozik, your host. You got this, courageous people. Hey, everyone. This is the first episode in a series of three talking about Christianity and the church today. The hope is to go beyond denomination and institution. The purpose is to dive into hard topics that come up as challenges for Christians and church culture today and simply talk about it with Christian leaders. So our first guest here on The Courage is Reverend Timothy Warner. He was called to the gospel ministry while serving as a deacon at Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Rockville, Maryland in 1996. He was licensed to preach in 1998 and ordained to pastoral ministry after he completed his Master of Divinity degree at Wesley Theological Seminary in 2003. Reverend Warner was trained as a bacterial geneticist and enjoyed a productive career in pharmaceutical research and development where he held various scientific and executive leadership positions for over 18 years before committing to full-time ministry. Reverend Warner is proud to have served for the last nine years as senior pastor of the Emory Grove United Methodist Church in Gaithersburg, Maryland, where he is a co-founder of the Racial Justice Coalition. Most recently, he has founded the Heritage Emory Grove Community Development Corporation, which is leading in a partnership to redevelop the history or historical Emory Grove community and restore a sense of authentic community. He also serves as the Director for Faith Relations at Habitat for Humanity of Metro Maryland, where he helps to engage faith communities in the Justice Ministry of Affordable Housing in Montgomery and Prince George's counties. He believes in the power of prayer and attributes whatever success that has been ascribed to his ministry to the great many conversations so many have had with God on his behalf. Reverend Warner shares an extreme sense of pride in the family God has given him with his wife Paula of nearly four decades. Pastor Warner has great insight and wisdom and he really made this conversation powerful. We are talking about the demand of discipleship, church hypocrisy, And can we Christians really be Jesus-like? So let's get into it. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to The Courage. Today, we are talking Christianity and the church today. And to do this, we have Reverend Timothy Warner, Senior Pastor at Emory Grove United Methodist Church and Director for Faith Relations at Habitat for Humanity of Metro Maryland. Welcome, Pastor Warner. Thank you so much, Carrie. I'm glad to be here. I am so glad to have you. So let's get started. It's important to start by learning just a little bit about you. So can you just tell a little bit about your background? Feel free to talk a little bit about your Christian background. Thank you. I'll start with uh, uh, what I'm doing now, <clears throat> and then uh, uh, just a moment about how how I got here. Uh, I've been uh, an, uh, an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church. Uh, for a couple of decades now, and um, um, before that, served as a layperson on the staff of a bishop doing community and economic development in uh, the two major cities, Baltimore and Washington, that are in our conference. So um, I fancy myself as a, a pastor and a community builder, uh, and I'm, I'm just now about the work of doing both of them at the same time, 
as we've embarked upon a huge project uh, at, at our church in redeveloping physically the community that uh, uh, surrounds us. Sure. Part of that work that isn't uh, spoken of as much is the development of the, the new community that will live there uh, when, when that's done. Uh, and why that's important is that uh, I was literally raised by uh, a community. And um, this is true in many contexts with impoverished people, but uh, certainly in the African-American community, traditionally in this country, that uh, uh, the church and the community are, are, are intimately linked, just, just uh, irrevocably bound together uh, in, in the context in which I was raised so that uh, everything uh, that enabled uh, personhood for people in the community and the, the uh, uh, togetherness of the community and the, the, the fabric of the community was, was woven at the church. And in the converse, the church became uh, 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 the thing that, that uh, provided uh, um, the largesse uh, to, to the community. So there wasn't a house in my community where I could encounter somebody that did not belong to the church. And all of those people uh, would always have a meal on the table and the door open for me wherever I went. Uh, and because of some of the uh, stress that was going on in my family, and that was typical of most families, uh, that was just necessary for us. And so it, it has shaped my theology and how I understand the world and even the work that I'm doing now. So that, that that's what you're getting in this conversation today. Got it. I love. I really like that point you're bringing out that community was important. And if I'm hearing you correctly, church and community were to, woven together as one in a sense as you grew up as a young person. And you bring that to your work today in your building. Of your, I don't understand the work you're doing. I don't understand the, the, the church in any other way than, than needing to be existentially in the center of the life of the community that surrounds it. Okay. And this is a great kind of segue into kind of where I want to um, go here for a second, which is how have you seen Christianity and the church change or maybe not change over the years? So in your long history from a young person all the way up to now, how have you seen it change or maybe some things have not changed over the years? I think that question needs a whole other podcast, right? I agree. I agree. We're going to just go real quick with it. We're going to get it in. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, a couple of things that have impacted uh, the church and the community. We are living um, all over the world now in a post-Christian environment. Uh, the, the world has shifted so far and so quickly that uh, the generations that are, um, you know, in their in their twenties now. Uh, question uh, everything, and and God is not uh, um, uh, off the table for that questioning. So um, the the childlike faith uh, that I grew up with, um, you know, I, I I knew I was a Christian from the cradle. You know, as as much as I knew my name, I knew that I was a Christian because in the womb I was coming to church every Sunday, and from 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 the womb uh, every time I was served a meal. Uh, it was just a requirement that you bow your head and say grace. There's this God out here who needs to be thanked for doing what, 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 what we think we cannot always together. And I would hear in worship testimony from the elders about how God had brought them through, and the centrality and the importance of God was a given. Uh, when, when I grew up, the world has shifted. Uh, that that God, the existence of God, is not even a given. Uh, on top of that, uh, the church has been. Um, uh, identified publicly for years now for its hypocrisy uh, in the world. So it, it, it says one thing, but it, what it does in the world has been quite different. And I'm talking about church with the big C now, uh, the institution of the church. And um, that, that has caused people to, who, were, who were in church and had this childlike faith in church 
uh, to either be hurt and withdraw or to doubt because of what they've seen. And so we've seen this most poignantly in the Catholic Church, uh, but mainline denominations have been suffering. We have all uh, in, in Protestantism been losing members for decades now uh, to the point where denominations are shrinking to the point where some of them, uh, like the United Methodist Church, is beginning to crumble uh, uh, for reasons um, you know, that, 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 that look social but really are about uh, living in a post-Christian world. So uh, uh, the church is, is fighting for its survival. The institution of the church is fighting for its survival. Yet, I will say, uh, uh, the, the, the affiliation of the church, right, the, the, the community of believers uh, is, is stronger than it's ever been. Uh, th those who are committed to Christianity are um, uh, artfully finding new ways to, to express themselves in the world. And um, uh, I think that's going to give rise to, to something that looks very, very different in, in the decades to follow. Yeah. So, okay. So this idea, I think, of the, the faith is accepted as just blind faith. You're saying the change is it's progressed to this questioning and maybe some hurt has kind of come in there from the church for people. The big C, the church is the organization, not necessarily faith. And then cross the outs, which is kind of change, has made things change as to how maybe people are feeling about Christianity or maybe attending, because that kind of goes into this idea of the next thing of attending church in general, being part of a church community. Is that kind of what you were, did I sum that up okay? Do you need to add that a little? No, no, I, th I think that's that, that's, a, that's a fair summary. Um, mm -hmm. Church hurt uh, is what I call this, this uh, concept of when people come to church and something happens to them and they withdraw. That's uh, mm -hmm. deeply because it's always very personal uh, to people. Sure. But when they feel like the institution or its leaders have failed them in some way, by extension, God has failed them in some way, and they, they walk away from mm -hmm. the whole thing. Uh, mm -hmm. What that has led to over the decades is uh, the generations that come from them come to church now doubting whether there's any there there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, so, and so we have a, a generation of young people who uh, would rather experience God in other places uh, than, than in the building. So- uh, okay. This generation wants to go do do things that matter in the world because they think the institution isn't uh, does, doesn't matter in the world isn't doing things that matter in the world uh, and so they've left the institution behind. Um, right. Yeah. So what do you think? Like how the institution? How are we going to reach these young people? They are our future, right? That's the rising commonality within the institution that young people are not quote unquote buying in to church practices anymore. So, so like, uh, what do you think we can do to reach these people? These young people, these these doubters, these people saying, "I'm not showing up at church. I'm going other places." What do you think? So I, I'm the father of, of two uh, youngish adults now. They're 34 and 32. Uh, one of them, one mm -hmm. one of them, uh, which has has given us our our, our grandchild, who is three, uh, who, who by the way is the center of the universe. And and I, I ponder this question about him all the time: Where is he going to go? Where I'm going to have to follow him? Uh, and and I'm getting there because literally at 61. I have a hard time following this three-year-old around my house. He, he's there's just so much energy, and he's interested in so many things. But it's a metaphor uh, for me about how the church has got to react to to younger people. Um, and I say all that to say that we've got to figure out how to get where they are, and be relevant where they are. Uh, uh, and um, we we've not done a great job of it so far, right? Um, mm -hmm. One of the reasons I'm at Habitat uh, for Humanity as well is is that um we offer opportunities for people to come and put in what we call sweat equity you, you there's this big social issue around affordable housing 
uh, it as a, uh, uh, a social justice issue is at the nexus of so many other social justice issues. Uh, the largest growing population of volunteers for Habitat is people in the millennial generation mm -hmm. and below. They, they, they're coming in droves. And the reason is because they're not finding opportunities to do that work on their own terms inside the church. So what mm -hmm. I think I see uh, is this, the, the, the convergence of two curves, right? So, so that generation is leaving the church in droves. That, that, that's, a, that's a curve that's going up uh, 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 or going down rather uh, uh, for the church. Curve that's going up is that they're showing up where there are opportunities to do things that matter to them on behalf of God as they understand God. Mm -hmm. And um, Habitat's one of those places. Still enjoys mm -hmm. a great reputation. You can go in and put a day in or uh, uh, a weekend, whatever it is, and then go about your business and do whatever you want to do. But you, you, you will have left there a, a feeling that you've experienced the work and the presence of God in that work. So I'm wondering how we as a church can begin to work with some of these nonprofits or form some of our own uh, where mission becomes the center of the work uh, mm -hmm. and not doctrine, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, right. people will come to experience God and then perhaps learn about God and who God is to them on a, on a, a deeper basis uh, later on in the exchange. So more of the, the younger people out in the community, the doing of the work, the action of the work of, of Christ-like, like you're out there doing it instead of maybe showing up every Sunday, writing a check. It's not that. It's not, we're not seeing that. We're seeing this idea. And when we're saying shifting, you're thinking this idea, connecting more to community, more mission-driven, back to the community sense where younger Christian are looking to do the work, be Absolutely. a part of the action. And, and I think this is a this has been um, an, an indictment, right? That the church is now beginning to see uh, that, that there are people out there who who find what they do, what we do on Sunday, irrelevant. Uh, mm. uh, my own children have told me I'm, I'm, I'm uh, embarrassed to admit this on, on a podcast <laughs> of all things, but 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 they, they they said, Dad, what you're preaching on Sunday it doesn't mean anything to people in my generation. It's mm. old. It's tired. It's washed up. Uh, uh, we, we are not there and, 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 and get this, they said, if you want to, uh, uh, to reach people in my generation, you have to figure out a way to go sit next to somebody at a hookah bar mm -hmm. and have a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just blows right. my head up every time they say something like that to me. I don't know why they think they have license to say that, but they do. Um, and, and uh, so I listen to it. Yeah. So, well, first off, they trust that they can tell their dad that especially someone who is so involved. So that's so kudos to you that they trust you and love you and they can tell you the truth. That's a great thing. <laughs> Thanks for the encouragement. Thanks for the encouragement. Okay. That's part of it. So, all right. So this is so amazing because this kind of just really leads into this idea of it's almost like, okay, so let me back up for a second. So this this is not what church has always been. If we're going to go out and we're going to do stuff and young people want to like see it, it's not going to show up. Is this okay with God? Like, are we getting into heaven that way? Is, you know, those of us that might think that this is the way you go to Sunday, you listen to, you preach. And, and listen, I love a good sermon, right? We, I think it can be very motivational, but if that's not the way, is that okay? Are we going to make it as Christians? What do you think? So, 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 so the Bible clearly states Jesus uh, in, in his mm -hmm. parables. Uh, 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 state more than one time that there are going to be people who get to to, to the gate and uh, uh, God is going to say, uh, get away from me. I, I never knew you. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so th this idea 
that, uh, um, first of all, just by what we do, that gives us a, a way to get to heaven is the wrong Christian idea. And certainly by showing up in the building uh, uh, every Sunday and paying any amount of money to the church is not going to get anybody to heaven. Uh, the kingdom of God is broad and you've got to be a citizen in your heart in the kingdom of God. That, that, that's at the root of Christianity. So I, I think, I think uh, 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 these younger people have, have something. Uh, and again, that's the indictment, right? We, we, have, we have lost our way. Uh, I've heard this metaphor of if, if you take a, a battleship or a luxury liner uh, who, who's going across the ocean, which is going across the ocean, and just change the course by half a degree, over time, uh, that vessel is going to be way off track from where it was going, just by a half a degree difference uh, 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 in, in, in the course that it charted. Uh, the church has been like that for a long time. Uh, you know, little by little, we've been getting off course, off course, off course, and now we are far enough off course that people don't even want to ride on the boat anymore. So mm -hmm. now we have to get back on course. And so we've got to go find all the people and figure out what the next course is going to be. I think that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of uh, um, uh, getting to heaven, is it going to be okay? We've yeah. got to go back to God and check in uh, mm -hmm. uh, and go back to the Bible and check in about what, what are all the qualifications? Uh, it, it, it has never been about church attendance. And it's never been about how much money you give. It's always been about what goes on in your heart as it relates to your relationship with God and what you do to respond to the grace that, that, that God has given you. That, that's at the core of Christianity. And if, if we start at working first and then getting to that, that's as valid a way to get there as, as, as any other way. Mm -hmm. And isn't that a bit what Jesus did? He didn't really go to church every Sunday, right? Like I'm not a great Bible expert. But Jesus never went to church. There, there was, was no church. Right. <laughs> he was now, you know, we know that, right? If we've looked a little bit, but that's if we're really following him and he was in community talking to all the people, not just the super, you know, special people, right? When I say special, I mean like, you know, fancy people or people with more wealth. He was talking to lots of people, typically not the fancy people. So I'm wondering if this if this new way of young people, like you said, they might be onto something. Is it more Jesus like you think? Uh, I, I think so. Um, and, and here's a trend, uh, a recent trend that I think is just interesting to consider. Uh, okay. uh, I've, I've been seeing um, an influx of people who are exploring, uh, seeking uh, God in, in, in some way, of uh, folks who uh, have been through the, the social justice turmoil of the last few years mm -hmm. and have come close to death, have, have experienced hardship because of it. Um, mm -hmm. Identifying not with the victori victorious uh, top-down church that where Jesus is the conquering king and enables me to do stuff, but experience with the Jesus who, who if you follow him, uh, you, you follow him to a place where he suffers and bleeds and dies. Um, that, that's really at the core of what it means to be Christian, right? If, if we think yeah. about it, the church has been seeking comfort for a very long time, uh, hundreds of mm -hmm. years, thousands of years now. Um, but these folks are relating to a, a suffering Jesus who suffers socially uh, because he's he's doing something different uh, that the system mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't want done. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. that, that very much uh, 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 will look like the the, the church of the future where now it's going to be because these, these young people are going to the place where people are marginalized, it's going to be ministry with the marginalized that will form the new church. So imagine the new church emerging 
for for, for uh, out out of the out of the jails and prisons with those who have been released with 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 drug addicts who are recovering with people who were formerly on 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 welfare uh that's what the new church is going to be, look like and the church is now going to be instead of top down very much bottom up uh, which i think is what it was meant to be in the first place yeah wouldn't that be so jesus like right it would be yeah. uh, jesus was vilified because he you know he, he ate with sinners uh he, yeah. he, he always yeah. had a preferential option for, for the poor right J jesus jesus didn't hang out uh, 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 with, with the wealthy folk. In fact, he, he was more apt to uh, uh, to vilify the wealthy <laughs> because they're missing the message. Yeah, I love thinking about Jesus in that way of just like you know hanging out with regular old people, people who are struggling, people that just were pushed on the the margins. Like you were saying, I just think there's something powerful in us as Christians and as church is the big C, like you were saying in the beginning, looking at it that way, it can really get us to think. And I think this leads into a bit of because of what we were just saying, there is a lot of, um, I would say, power involved in regards to churches and social and racial justice. And we've just kind of talked a little bit about this already, but how do you see the role of churches and church leadership in social and racial justice? And we can divide that up or keep it together, however you'd like. How do you see the church or Christians? Yeah, so, 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 so that it's a great question. I have a bit of a narrative here. Um, personally, mm -hmm. I, I grew up in a social sure. justice church. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, my pastor, as we were teenagers and and you know, uh, late elementary school, taught us, and this is this is a black church, um, mm -hmm. Baptist church, uh, taught us. I think he was ahead of his time that uh, uh, we were to relate deeply to the story of the Exodus, this idea about God's people being in slavery and, 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 and God uh, being with them throughout the suffering and finally delivering them because that's the promise of God. The, uh, when Martin Luther King said that the, the moral arc of the universe is long, but, but it bends towards justice, he was speaking out of his Black Baptist Church experience for sure. And so uh, I grew up in that church, but this pastor went a little further, uh, uh, Dr. Robert Johnston Smith was his name. He, he went further and said this, uh, uh, the, the Hebrew children uh, in Egypt uh, were not only like you, they were you. And I, I couldn't quite get a hold of it, but what I've realized over time is I visited uh, Ethiopia. Uh, I found uh, uh, Jews in Africa. And so, and so the, the, the Bible has been um, whitened over the years and, mm -hmm. and, and the African context has sort of been, 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 been marginalized in the Bible, but, but um, uh, we know that the African influence in, in the Middle East is, is, is heavy and has been for, for, for years. And so um, this is a story about uh, God's interaction with humankind mm -hmm. and, 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 and black folks were, were in the middle of it. So, so this idea of social justice is not a new one. It didn't come at, uh, because of George Floyd. It didn't come because of Rodney King. It didn't come because of the Civil Rights mm -hmm. Movement. It didn't even come because of American slavery. This is something that roots all the way back to the story of God's chosen people in Israel. And oh, by the way, uh, uh, isn't it remarkable that God, even before Jesus, had a preferential option for the poor and the marginalized? Mm -hmm. It should tell us something about, about how God intends to interact with, with humankind. Uh, uh, the biggest mm -hmm. sin is for me to have and you have not in the world because, because at the end of the day, God intends for us 
to be in intimate relationship with God and with one another. And mm -hmm. sin, this thing that has broken it, uh, 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 destroys our relationship with God and the relationship with each other. They both go the same at the same time. So, so theologically, social justice ought to be at the root and the heart of the church. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. what has happened, particularly in American Protestantism, uh, from the from the mm -hmm. foundation of this country, is that um, it, it got bought off. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, tobacco and cotton were king, and uh, we're going to use our religion to control people so that we can stay wealthy. Was the narrative, mm -hmm. and that created the whole need for social justice as we know it in the United States, and it will continue to be so for some time because structurally our our country. Uh, is built on, on, on those premises. And, and I don't know how long it will take to break. And do we have it in us to look back at the Bible this way to say, because the word social justice, racial justice wouldn't have been used. We have to then interpret that that was what is said, right? And so can we as Christians and in church, do we really have the, do you think we have the ability to talk about it in this way you are? Like to say, hey, we're social justice has been a thing forever. It's been something God is highlighting in certain parts of the Bible and, you know, and why aren't we talking to, can we talk about it in a way that is meaningful or do we go to church just wanting to feel so good when we leave that we forget? Just a quick break. We will be right back. So, so I don't want to be a uh, Clinton-esque here and parse out your, your, your question, but I think okay. the question is, is less, uh, uh, you know, can we, is it possible? I think the question is, yeah. will we? Will we? And, yeah, I think you're right. It's will we? Yeah. And, as and a so community. Even, and, and I think before we do it as a community, we have to do it as individuals. Um, uh, we, we've been, we've been swimming in, I want to be comfortable water uh, for our entire lives. And uh, Christianity is inherently uncomfortable. Right. If you, if you follow a savior who goes to be to suffer and die, you know, the journey is not going to be comfortable. Jesus was never comfortable. He never had a place to lay his head. People were running him out of town everywhere he went. Uh, uh, didn't have a stable home, all of that. Uh, um, you, you can't think to follow him is going to be a comfortable thing. But yet our church has become very comfortable. Our churches, many mainline churches are, are essentially country clubs uh, where people come together to, to be with people who they like and feel secure in the world and leave their problems outside the sanctuary. Uh, that's not what church is ever meant to be. Um, so so um, justice is outlined clearly in the Old Testament as justice. It, it, God calls it justice. We, we have miscarried the word justice to mean legal justice in a court. Right. Uh, so, so that we arrest people, <laughs> certain people, uh, to dominate certain people, right? But, but justice, the way God talks about it, is always social justice. Absolutely. Um, it is part of the, the law, which is which was uh, prescribed to help people live together uh, better in, in this, this new reality that God was trying to invent. What comes out of this justice tradition is the kingdom of God. So Jesus comes talking about the kingdom and the, the church is born out of the kingdom of God. But social justice has always been at the root of everything Jesus did, for sure. And that comes out of this, this, this God idea among the Jews and the law of social justice. So it's clear and evident in the Bible. We don't, we don't have to in, in, in interpret it. We don't have to interpolate anything. It, it's there. The question okay. is, will we see it? Do mm. we have the will to go back and get it? Um, and and that, that's difficult because 
uh, most people have to be awakened about, about social justice because we've been living such a comfortable, selfish life in 2023. Yeah, and I wonder if churches really talk about that part of the Bible, like, you know, in general, you know, we can choose a bit, right? As pastors, as leaders, you can, I don't know the rules around that, but you could maybe choose what you speak about in, on Sunday, right? So if we aren't talking a lot about it, because I don't know a lot about that. I mean, I did not grow up hearing anything about social justice or anything like that. I know a lot of prayers. So like, I wonder if we're just missing the mark sometimes in inst institutionally, right? When we don't necessarily talk about these things because it's uncomfortable for our members at the church. And so how do we do that? And then kind of that goes back a little bit to what you were saying. As an individual, we kind of get it together. We have to see a see a need to really truly see that part of the Bible or what that Jesus looks like, right? This the social justice of Jesus in a sense. And then if we see that as an individual, we can then bring it to community and church. That kind of idea. We've got to kind of do we have to reckon with ourselves before we can share with the community? And not just with ourselves. We've got to reckon with um the institutional uh misgivings of, of of the church in history right um so so i'm i'm i'm, I'm a black man who grew up in a black church a pastor as you know uh, a white church um this is always a difficult discussion but there is a uh, a fundamental difference in how uh the white church understands justice than uh than, than the way a black church understands it and um so so the black church that I'm, that I'm currently pastoring, we talk about justice every week uh, because it's a part of our existence. It's existential for us. <clears throat> White churches have to be introduced to it uh, because it isn't existential for them. And the reason is, and this is the hard part, um, and, and I'll, I'll talk about the Methodist church now because I'm a Methodist elder and, and I can do it without insulting anybody uh, just by telling the truth about it. Our church was, was uh, uh, our church led, the Methodist church, led in the propagation of slavery and structural racism in this country. We need to say that. And it is a hard thing to get denominations to really say publicly because it destroys everything. It means that from the beginning of, of some of these denominations, they, they were founded on, uh, in this case, racist and oppressive principles. Um, the, 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 the town where I pastor, uh, uh, was a part of the great camp meeting movement uh, uh, that was spawned by Methodism. But down the street is another town uh, that was also spawned by the, the, the great camp meeting movement. But one was black and one was white intentionally uh, 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 separate from the beginning. And all that did was develop two very separate towns with very, very different economic statuses, very, very different social statuses, uh, very, very different outcomes for people. Uh, and the structures that, that created those towns have absolutely dictated the condition of those places today. The church was intimately involved in both places uh, in, in that work. We cannot get around that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is very uncomfortable for people who are tied to their denomination and tied to their faith and tied to the church to go back and look at mm -hmm. because it means that everything has to be questioned. Right. Uh, we, we, we're not good at questioning ourselves. Well, and it also says, well, gosh, humanness really kind of screwed up this whole situation of church in a sense, right? Like we came some Bible knowledge and then, uh-oh, humanness came in and we started messing up and we started not treating people well. And we don't want to talk about how churches were built and, how, you know, 
that history behind what you were just saying about Methodism and is not going to make anybody feel good. So if you go to church to feel good and you talk about that, then you're not going to feel good and you're going to be upset. And then I, so that's just a really, we have to just kind of struggle with that truth. We're trying to struggle with not just church wise, but all I feel many places church wise, just in our country in general, we just struggle with like what the impact of history and slavery really meant on all of us still today. Cause it's so um, hard. Like you said, uncomfortable to really just say out loud for people. Um, and churches start not separate from being able to do that. Interesting though, too, that you're saying though, is if we are talking about church's responsibility of social racial justice and your experience of being like of a white church and a black church, it's introduced to a church that's predominantly white and in a church that's black, predominantly black, you're already talking about justice in your, in your everyday. And so these are the lived experiences of people that I talk about a lot and a lot of work I do is just so different and it just is going to feel harder for uh a white church to really dig in because then we're questioning i'm saying we because i'm white then we're questioning what we thought we always knew our church was what we thought we thought church is good we thought church and it is but there can be struggles too because our humanness messes it up so that's just such a deep like you know is there something else to say about that did i get that right is there well you, you absolutely have it right and and uh my my lived experience uh, uh mm-hmm. I, I embody that so when i show up if i'm being honest with people about myself that conversation happens so for, for me right. uh as i began pastoring this church uh um i went in talking about this because i knew it, it was going to be you know the, the elephant in every single room <laughs> where i walked in uh, sure. and, and i did so in such a way that wasn't uh, intrusive. I invited people to the conversation, uh, and and to their credit, they came to the conversation. We 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 had these conversations, but it was hard for people uh, to 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 hear the truth that they could not deny because I embodied it. Right? They they couldn't question the, the validity of it because their pastor was telling them the one who, who, whom they trust. Um, but there were some uh, who had a very difficult time with it. So difficult a time that they have. That they decided to leave the church. Um, um, is it because I'm black? I don't think so. It's because I linked uh, social justice around race to their their discipleship and put it in front of them. Said you need to make a choice here, mm-hmm. uh, and and some people can't handle it, and and they decide to to, to walk away. That mm-hmm. that number was small, but it, it was present. Mm-hmm. And discipleship, the word, if you think about that relating back to the disciples of Jesus, they weren't perfect people either. They were actually not in the Bible. They were being taught a lot by Jesus. They were struggling all the time, right? Like most of the stories are about their struggles. So if we're being disciples of Jesus, aren't we willing to? A little bit? Absolutely. Uh, The disciples, I I think, first of all, most people understand themselves as church members more than they do as disciples. Yeah, I feel better with church members, just so you know, I would like to say that, okay? Church members I, 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 It is easy. That's why it kind of appeals to me. But if I'm really being thinking, I'm really, a, I'm supposed to be, if I think I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to be a disciple, right? Uh, you know. Everybody who is a Christian is a disciple of Christ. You, 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 what, what you sign on to when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is, is right. a life of following Jesus. And uh, wherever Jesus goes, and, and it's difficult for people because you don't know where Jesus is going to take you by the power of the Holy Spirit on any given day. It is uncomfortable not to be in control of your life. If you're following Jesus, you go where Jesus goes. 
And in this case, mm -hmm. where Jesus may send you on any single day. Right. And uh, so, so that by itself is difficult. Uh, I, th I think it's also uh, uh, problematic for people because it now requires more of you. Church mm -hmm. attendance is simple. You 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 come somewhere between you know at eleven o'clock on Sunday for an hour mostly, and, and maybe make a meeting or two, uh, uh, give a certain amount of money, uh, uh, you know, come to the bake sale, you know, buy some whatever it is that you do. M maybe go out and do something in the summer for justice. You know, uh, go to, go to a mission project or something. That that's church membership. You can put it on your schedule. Uh, uh, discipleship requires every day digging in, uh, looking in deeply, and it requires a, a submission to God daily, and it requires doing difficult things every single day, and uh, it requires almost being embarrassed uh, uh, to be places sometimes because you don't even really know why you're in situations, but you know it's right to be there doing that. that that's a much harder proposition for people. Mm, yeah, daily discipleship is not going to go on your schedule. That's a big it, point there. <laughs> it, take up your yeah. cross daily and follow me, were Jesus' instructions. Yeah, I mean, that's very open-ended for all of us. You know, that's definitely like a little struggly. We all have places to be and things to do. So Christianity may not fit in in these ways, right? Uh, the way we want it to. And the way maybe it's been structured for a long time, which goes back to the beginning and how it's in a place of change because that structured setting isn't really gonna keep us going as Christians or the church as an institution. Discipleship demands just the opposite, right? right. So, so we, we try to fit our Christianity into our schedule. Discipleship demands mm -hmm. that we fit our lives on Jesus' agenda. Mm -hmm. Very, very so different properties. And if your Christianity is showing up in your life every day, is that better than showing up on Sunday for an hour and being motivated and going home and feeling good about it? Our, our kids are telling us yes. Okay. Now, as a church person, does that make you uncomfortable to saying, "Hey, maybe you wouldn't show up at church, but you would be you would be Christian all seven days." No, it doesn't make me uncomfortable at all because I think I've been a disciple for a very long time. Mm -hmm. What makes me uncomfortable as a leader in the church is uh, mm -hmm. change. Um, mm -hmm. Not not that I'm unwilling to change. No, nobody likes it uh, unless you're a wet baby, right? That's what we say all the time. Right. But um, uh, um, I now worry about my ability to, to change. The, do, do I know enough about what to change to? Mm -hmm. Right. I, I don't know that I've got the tools in my toolbox for whatever the church is about to, about to become. And that, that's what I pray about all the time. I've got, I've got to, Lord, Lord, help me figure this out. Lead me to the place right. where you can show me what, what is to be done. Because uh, I, I believe, although change is, is, is constant, and change seems to be accelerating uh, um, and, and creating a chaotic situation, I believe that God still has an agenda for it, right? And, and as long as I'm here, I'm supposed to be participating in that. So I just want to make right. myself enough, available enough to God to be used uh, in, in that way. Right. And maybe you need some new tools in your toolbox that you don't know about yet, that they're coming your way. I'm pretty sure I do. Uh, yeah, um, I, yeah. And I know I don't have them. <laughs> right. Hey, listen, we all don't have a full toolbox. So, you know, we just need to keep looking for the tools, though, recognizing we don't have them all as one, right? Then trying to figure out what they are. <laughs> I like them talking to the metaphor because it's not ever my favorite, but I can handle the toolbox. <laughs> well, so, so, okay. So what's interesting, so, what, what's interesting yeah. is that, that, that we, 
if, if we have Jesus, we have to realize, have confidence that that is enough. That That's the tool that you have to have. The, the rest mm -hmm. of them, he will hand you along the way. Mm -hmm. That requires some trust, though. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's take a moment and get to the two questions I always like to ask here on The Courage, which is for today, what's the real conversation? So for this, it would be, what do you think the real conversation about Christianity is today in 2023? And when I mean that, I mean like, what are we maybe not saying that we need to say? The real thing sticking out, the real conversation that we need to have. Um, boy, it's a big, complicated question, but I, I'll try to pare it down to this yes. one statement. Uh, okay. Can you make your do match what you say? That's the mm -hmm. question the world is asking the church. Can, 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 can your do match what you say? Can, can the church be what you say Jesus says it is? Can you as a Christian in your life give evidence to that to me in my life? Yeah. Th th those are the big questions because the hypocrisy and the inconsistency of the church uh, has led to its, its current transition now. And um, until, until individuals in the church can answer those questions, the new thing cannot form. And that has to do with overcoming this history of racism and coming home, overcoming this history, uh, this history of greed, uh, overcoming uh, this history of hypocrisy, uh, mm -hmm. all those things have to change uh, for the new the new right. church to emerge. Right. We can't just talk about it. We have to take some real action and need to show that so that people can see that. I love that piece. And yes, it's a complicated question. That was a great piece to highlight. The, the do what you say. So what norm can we challenge here today? For like many may think Christianity today is blank, but really it is blank. So, so fill that in? many may think, and I think most do think of Christianity as being equal to the institutional church, but it is not. Uh, and that 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 reality opens up all these other doors to imagine what God may be doing in the world that has nothing at all to do with with what I call the God box, right? Um, mm -hmm. um, and once again, I think our kids are leading us there uh, if we choose to follow them. Mm -hmm. um, um, where where is God showing up in the world, inviting those who believe to come and join Him, Him join God in that work? Uh, 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 and I, I think I think that's where uh, the new the new community of believers, which is really the church, is going to be found in the future. And back to what you said in the beginning, the idea of community. So church is not really fully this institution of church. It's not that is what you're saying is the norm we can challenge. It's that piece that back that you just said that community piece, the Christianity and church out and about in communities and talking about and doing the work of what's needed in community, being a little more maybe Jesus-like. Absolutely, and, and theologically, it makes perfect sense. In Christianity, God lives in community. It's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, right? They're, they're, uh, God, God, is, God is not alone as, as God lives in God's internal life. Uh, uh, and it makes perfect sense then that, that, that God intends for us, we who believe in God, who are uh, a part of God and God is a part of us to also live in community. And that also makes sense that, that then the goal 
of the church ought to be community, not just the community of believers, right? Mm -hmm. and I'm talking now about the people and not the institution, but also the community that is gathering because that community exists. In the book of Acts, the, the, um, the, 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 the church, the, the body of believers began to grow because God implemented on the day of Pentecost the sign community where they didn't send out bulletins in, in the mail or go knock on doors. Just because of how they were living, people saw that and were drawn to it. So community was mm -hmm. gathering around this new sign community. That's what the church ought to be. They didn't have a building. They were meeting in houses. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, people were giving because they were compelled by the life that was inside this community to do so and uh, uh that's way different from any institutional model church that, that i've seen in my 61 years of living and and so mm -hmm. i'm back to this question about uh, uh are, are we are we who we say we are right uh, if, if that was a church that, that 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 the holy spirit planted on this earth why are our institutional churches so different from that Half, half a degree, half, by half a degree, right. we are off course. Right, right. And I might, what kind of struck me when you said that too is, and do we truly as people and Christ followers and just people today know truly what community means? Do we right. know, are we bought into the fact that it's not, not just you and your family, but you and your family are part of everybody else's family that shows up in community wherever we are? living on our neighborhood streets or at our churches or out in schools or wherever we are, do we truly believe that that is our community or do we somehow separate ourselves from that sometimes right. and then we're lost? So, so now we're back to African concepts, right? This, this idea that, that I am because, no. because we are. Uh, yes. that, that is a thoroughly Christian I... idea. Yeah, yes, yes. So what final thoughts do you have as we close up here? Uh, um I, I i think i think christianity has to reckon with the the ills of its past in order to go forward mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm on african concepts now mm -hmm. uh there is there was a, there's a, a west african concept called sankofa mm -hmm. that is the, the idea is that in order to go forward you need to go back and tend to your roots tend to your past and mm -hmm. i think the church is in a sankofa moment where in order for this next thing to show up, we've got to go back and fix some things that have gone wrong. The idea of, of structural racism inside the church uh, expressed in community in the way it has in America uh, has, has got to be dealt with. I think, uh, I think the idea of reparations, a thoroughly uh, Old Testament concept uh, outlined in detail in, in the law of Moses. Uh, we, need, we need to think about how we do that as a church. Not just within the church, but in in the community, um, and and so I think I think that's the, the final word for me as a church. Go tend to your roots so that so that we can move forward uh, uh, to to see what God has for us in the world. Yeah, Sankofu. Sankofa. Oh, Sankofa. I wrote it down right. Sankofa. Tend to your roots. Okay, I think that's a good way to end. All right, everybody. That's it. You got this. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to The Courage. It would be great to hear from you. So send me a message through Anchor or reach out to me via email. Links are in the episode notes. Thank you. You got this.